You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, from the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives After Show. All righty. Hello, everybody. How you doing? I'm Derek Shore. Welcome to another week of Desperate Housewives. It still is season eight, the final season of the show. We're at episode 19 this week. Just a few episodes left. And uh, you might notice I'm alone here today in the studio, but we do have Roxy on the line. Roxy, how you doing? Hello. It seems to be a common theme that you're alone. I feel so bad. You know what? With airplanes and the technology we have today, why would anyone expect us to be in the same city at the same time, Roxy? It just doesn't happen for us. It doesn't happen, but still, we are we are cranking away at these after shows. And for all the the viewers out there who might be watching or listeners out there, we apologize for kind of our funky schedule. Roxy and I have been a, a bit tricky to pin down lately. In fact, our friend Majid in Qatar, Roxy, he sent me a note today and said, "You know, I noticed there was no afterbus for Desperate Housewives. Is everything okay?" You know what? I had a couple of those too this week. I'm not even kidding. On Twitter, people were really upset. Well, listen, we um, we apologize for, for the funky schedule, but listen, we're going to do a power round of our after show today. Roxy's actually headed off to Dancing with the Stars. I've got to tape another show tonight. So let's just get right to it. Dramatic episode. Uh, title of the episode is, is With So Little to Be Sure Of. I think that's pretty fitting for this entire season of Housewives because it's, you know, so many twists and turns all the time. Pretty dramatic to have Brie arrested from her own uh, you know, bridal shower she's hosting for Renee. Right. It was very dramatic, and of course, Renee spun the situation, and they have to throw her another bridal shower now, and we stayed poised as always, so very characteristic all of them. Totally. Brie was totally poised. In fact, I think Brie, as you have said, Roxy, this season, Brie has really turned into a foxy woman. I thought she looked great when she was hauled out in handcuffs. Everything, her body, her, everything, it just feels awesome. I know, and after twins, after twins, it's pretty impressive. I know, it's crazy, that's crazy. So this storyline, I mean, I we've talked about before how the writers of the show like to manipulate the viewer, and one one moment it's you're, you're thinking, oh, she's she's being hauled off to jail, and then the next moment you're thinking, oh, she's going to be fine, they don't have evidence, and then the next moment you see the detective tampering with evidence, and you think, oh no, what's going to happen? And then the next moment the high power lawyer steps in and says, I'm representing her, I'm her lawyer. So did you sense that, Roxy? Was it a roller coaster for you? I mean, I got a bit annoyed with the ups and downs of the Bree story alone. It was a major roller coaster, and then the next step after that wasn't. It didn't just end on the high power lawyer. It then ended on the cops saying, 
I'll bring it down if it's the last thing that I do. Seriously, talk about Something a douchebag, like desperate douchebags. This investigator, and, and I love how the lawyer stepped in and said, you know what, you're going to lose your gold badge and you're going to be a patrol officer after this. You're going to be demoted because what you're doing is unethical. I am sure that this probably happens outside of the TV world. A detective tampering with evidence? I mean, he should go to prison for that. When I was his was his partner or the other detective aware that he was tampering with the evidence, or did he not see him write that the Bree's address? It didn't. To me, it didn't look like the the partner saw him write down Bree's address on that map. But I, I don't know. I didn't instant replay it and see it. You would think that if he was trying to be really surreptitious about it, he would have. His body language would have shielded the map a little more. So who knows? I mean, maybe these guys are in cahoots. Maybe they both know what's going on. I couldn't tell. You know what, though? I uh, We're, we're going to break away from our traditional format because today's show is going to be so short. My prediction for this storyline now is that the detective is going to continue trying to plant evidence that looks damning to a judge and i kind of think that carlos is going to fess up now that he's now that he's got this whole i am a therapist and i'm going to help people and all of this i think he's going to go and confess unbeknownst to gabby and he'll probably get some sort of lesser i don't know self defense self defense conviction so is he going back to jail well, you think he may go back to jail? Or your your phone line cut out a bit. I'm asking if that's what you're telling. Well, I don't I don't necessarily see him landing in jail. I just see him kind of saving the day, you know, saving Bree's ass because he's going to step in and and take the fall. But I don't understand why being with all the women and they were like, "This is so generous of you, Bree. Thank you." And she's like, "No problem at all." I can't believe they let her just take the fall for everything. Well, but you know, I I didn't see it that way. I they they offered to pay her legal fees, and they seemed like they were trying to be supportive friends and saying, "Look, you're the one who is being blamed for this, and we really we were all involved with it." I, I feel like Gabby's the only woman who's really saying, "Hey, pump the brakes! Don't involve my husband. He if he has three strikes, he's out. He's back in the slammer." Right. That's true. And also, what I keep saying, we're not going to see the next year, so. Even if Carlos is going back to jail, they're not seeing it. That is a horrible, horrible thing to say, Roxy. Are no, you I'm not me? saying that as, as justification. I'm saying that it's, I think it's, it's kind of weird that all this is building up, and I don't know how it could possibly end what we could predict that it would end looking like without it, us not getting some sort of resolution. Because everything is just so far in the future that they're just going to kind of end it being like, oops, and then you're not going to see it. Well, why, what's wrong with my resolution that I just suggested a few minutes ago? Carlos steps up and says, I killed the dude. It was self-defense. He molested my wife for years, and he's dead. End of story. I just don't think shopping. it's realistic considering all these women are going to be charged with accepting a murder. I don't know. You know, one of these storylines has to end on a high note. And if it's not this one, it better be Tom and Lynette. Because honestly, this is the first episode in a while where I have actually cried. And it's not a dramatic, ugly cry like Oprah does. It's more of a, oh my gosh, Lynette, I'm there. When when Lynette was in that car after leaving that restaurant and signing the divorce papers and she almost backed into that woman and you could just tell, you could see the pain in her whole body. You could see it all over her face. The fact that she was in such a fog and not herself. I 
I lost it. I lost Wait, it. But whoa, it was whoa, like whoa. gripped to the Most screen. Most importantly, did you just diss Oprah? Because no. that's not cool. <laughs> and second of all, no, I'm a huge oh, yeah, Oprah I fan. I lost it too. <laughs> A huge Oprah fan, first of all. I have many friends who work with her, and she's great. I'm a big fan. I watch the behind-the-scenes show on her cable network. But thank you for the second part that you were with me uh, glued glued to the set. I just wanted to hug my TV. I don't know. It was because I think part of the reason we're feeling so much for her is because I, this Jane woman, I just want to punch her in the face, who sold somebody's white divorce papers... Oh. That's something that if I were Tom, I would never get over. Oh, exactly. Never be able to forget it. Well, and it was good. It was very, like, as a viewer, I was so glad to see Tom really sock it to Jane and say, on what planet do you think it's a good idea to serve my wife divorce papers? On what planet? And I was like, yeah, Tom, hit her, hit her. No, I wasn't saying hit her. But I was saying, give it to her, give it to her. And... What totally bummed me out about the end of his conversation with Jane is rather than him saying, and you know what, Jane, I, I do love her and I'm going to go back to her. That's what I wanted him to say. But instead he said, I, she's always going to be part of my life. She is the mother of my children and you're going to be the one to have to decide if you can do that. I didn't like that because that to me symbolizes the fact that maybe Tom really is in love with Jane and maybe they really are going to stay together. Ugh. No, I just think she's a crappy woman. And she stood her ground. She never said, I'm sorry for serving the papers. You're right. That was wrong. I did it in the heat of the moment. She was like, I'm doing this for us. I'm doing this for us. But she just never even apologized. I couldn't even, oh. I didn't even fathom it. Unfathomable. I, I wish you were in the studio, Roxy, so you could see the look on my face. It, that was disgusting. When she said, I thought I was doing you a favor. Bull honky. Did you think you were doing him a favor, Jane? The fact that she could look at him in the eye and lie to him like that? No thanks, girlfriend. It's not working out. Oh, gosh. 100% I have, agree. Oh, it was disgusting. I hear a lot of banging around in the background, by the way. Are you, you're in, I know this is true. You're in the makeup chair right now, getting made up to go to Dancing with the Stars, right? Are you doing red carpet tonight? What are you doing? No, I'm not. I'm going into Mixology 101, where... All the stars come in afterwards, and we interview them and talk to them and see how the show was. So yeah, I'm running around getting ready. So you're so you're still going to be glamorous and, and all uh, Hollywood dolled up, right? All glamorous, but in my Afterbus TV shirt. I love that, and I love that you're multitasking and you're taping this show while getting primped and pramped for Dancing with the Stars. I love that. Okay, well, Tom <laughs> and Lynette, I, if we if we talk about it too much more, I'm going to burst into tears, and I think we should move on. Let's talk about Gabby and Carlos. Now, no surprise that Gabby is hitting a few bumps in the road with this new career as a personal shopper at the super high-end retail uh, department store, right? And also no surprise that she decides to use her good looks uh, to try to cozy up to some of the male shoppers in the store. What did you think about her uh, her shameless selling out, Roxy? Honestly, I really, this is the biggest question I wanted to ask you. Okay. I'm really curious what you think about Carlos's reaction because, honestly, I didn't think this was uncharacteristic of Gabby. He should have expected it. And I think it's valid. I mean, he's been doing all this stuff for years and years. And yes, he tells her, pull down your shirt when you meet somebody. Right. Yes, it's just such a double standard. Totally. I, I don't think she's doing anything wrong. 
Yeah, see, see, I don't either. And this is, I, I wanted to slap Carlos and say, um, hello, have you met your wife? How long have you been married? How long? Have, I mean, you're dating a supermodel, a former supermodel. What are you thinking? And Gabby made a great point. Honey, when oh, over the years, you always had me wear low-cut tops when clients were visiting and when I had to try to butter them up to get you business. I think what it is, I, I mean, this is like sociology 101. Carlos feels like, since Gabby's wearing the pants now, that he's being, what? what is the word? Em, emascul- emasculate. Emasculated. And and that's totally what it is. He feels like he is less of a man now because he doesn't have the salary he once did and because Gabby is not just getting attention as his wife, but she's getting attention as the breadwinner. And yeah, I, I thought his his response was disappointing. And in fact, maybe in upcoming episodes we'll say to, we'll see Carlos say, Screw this whole psychology thing. I'm gonna go back and work for the for the huge financial corporation. Yeah. I kind of think that's what we're going to see. Really? But I also think that his response to her is really demeaning. And every time she's, like, proud of making his money, he's like, it's not that much money. And he just keeps, it's just so rude, all of his responses. I know, I know. And Gabby is one of those characters. She has a really thick skin. Clearly, she can she can take it, I guess. I mean, oftentimes characters like this, you think, oh, well, they're they're impenetrable. They're, no one can can get through to them. But after a while, I mean, Gabby's got feelings too, and I don't know. I I want to see her do well, kick ass in this job because you know me, I'm not about like traditional stereotypical roles. The man has to work. The woman has to stay at home. I think people should be able to do whatever they want and i would love to see gabby succeed in this position absolutely and everybody has their breaking point as you're saying and i have a feeling we're going to see her pretty soon well, I guess maybe we'll see that in the next episode i'm so curious too i mean so we've talked about brie we'll see what this high power lawyer can do for her. and we've talked about gabby and carlos we didn't really see much of uh of renee and ben in this episode besides renee complaining about the fact that no one gave her a vibrator at the bridal shower Ugh. that was humorous yeah i mean I, I guess we didn't see much of her but she's really not one of the original women and we're trying to stick to them the only person we haven't really talked about that had a major storyline, of course, is Susan. I know. Well, I'm saving Susan until the end. Duh. <laughs> I know, but I'm freaking out about it because this is such a crazy event. <sighs> okay. First of all, the Susan thing. I, I I love Terry Hatcher. I love Susan's character. You know, with Mike out of the picture, as I said before, I thought Mike was fine. I never fell in love with him. I was more in love with Susan in love with Mike because I know what a softie she is. When this storyline first started happening and, and Lee pulled out the box from from the top of the closet, what did you think was in the box? I thought, well, I never... I mean, I never took Mike as a guy to another woman. So I didn't think that. But I don't know. I kind of felt like that there was going to be some sort of, maybe he was putting money into an account in, you know, some overseas place. And she didn't know what that was. Maybe he was just trying to save money and didn't know if Susan would ever leave him and was embezzling. I don't know. Something with business. Mm -hmm. I never thought it would have to do with, No, it didn't cross my mind either. But it was really interesting, though, how the writers use this as a vehicle to bring the whole uh, Julie and her baby storyline full circle. Because in, in the very beginning, I was thinking, okay, Mike's character is dead. 
He's been dead now for a couple of episodes. Uh, clearly, the characters need to mourn and grieve and move on, whatever. But why are we going down this road of a whole other Mike storyline? What purpose does that storyline serve? And bingo, it's it, it closes the gap in the Julie storyline. Although, I've got to say, when Lee was going through the box and said, and here's a blank check... Uh, for the uh, for for the woman he was writing checks to every month. Oh, and here is her address. I was thinking, oh great, Susan is going to find another address on another check and drive to some stranger's home and show up at their doorstep. I mean, we have seen that identical storyline happen before, have we not? I know, and you know what? I have to t- really have a problem with this storyline. <laughs> It really, really bothers me that Julie is keeping the baby and how this came about. I think that this was clearly the writer's comment on um, giving your baby up for adoption, and they were putting in their two cents, and I think it was awful thing that they did oh interesting interesting so you think that they have they have sort of flown in the face of adoption and said if you've ever thought about giving up a baby don't you dare give it up for adoption you keep it you think that's it's that's a, a 100% what it was making susan look like such an unbelievable person the entire time um and that making it seem like you're right and then with this whole line and and talking about how it's just a nuisance or i forget the word that they kept using but this is absolutely a commentary on social time. See, but at the same time, let me play devil's advocate for a minute because I don't really have strong feelings about this either way. Um, I feel like if she had given the baby up for adoption, on one hand, you're going to have a bunch of people who are saying, oh my gosh, how could she give the baby up for adoption? That is not a teachable moment. What are we teaching our young people? On the other other hand, she's now keeping the baby, and like you're saying, people are saying, oh my gosh, we're teaching people that if a young person gets pregnant before they're ready for it, that they should in no way uh, give up the baby. I didn't really see it as taking a political side, and this is why. Over the, over this last season, when we saw Julie show up out of the blue and and we all realized she was pregnant at the same time her mother realized she was pregnant, we have seen the angst that every single character in that storyline has gone through. We've seen Lynette, Porter, Julie, and Susan all grappling with this very big, big decision that's a very personal choice for each of them. You know, each of those characters has is very invested in the outcome of you keep the baby or you don't keep the baby. Susan wanted her to keep the baby. Lynette really didn't want her to keep the baby. Porter wants to keep the baby. Julie didn't want to keep the baby. I mean, so uh, to adopt or not adopt... I, if this had been a one episode story arc, Roxy, I think that I think that I would agree with you a little more in saying like, how can we make a commentary on whether someone should give up a baby or not? But I think that since we've seen the the really gritty drama unfold about this decision, that's why I feel better, you know, because either I would have been satisfied with either outcome, whether she had given up the baby for adoption or not. Either way, I feel like we would have sufficiently seen the the drama play out. I see what you're saying, but the, I think the bottom line is nothing has changed. Julie is not in a position where she really wants this baby or where she feels like she can provide for this baby. And, yes, we've seen single a single mother on the street, and it was Susan. And they did flesh out the issues with it, but overall I feel like it was shown in a good light what she did, and she was praised for it. Remember when that was telling Porter that he shouldn't have the child, he kind of made her seem like the bully, the enemy. Yeah. Whenever Susan was telling Julie that she should, it made her seem like the saint. And it just seemed to me 
Like, yes, it's a hard enough decision as it is, and, and once you, it, it's way. I, some could argue that it's more challenging to decide to give up your kid than it is to decide to raise it. So I think that this is such an, a personal decision, and she made her decision for a reason, and now because she found out Mike is a sister, and obviously there is more to the story than that, but now that's going to be her reason to keep the kid? Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. It, it's, it's seem right for me. <laughs> well, it, I'm sorry that it irritates you so much, but you know what? I also kind of love that it irritates you so much because that is what good TV is all about. You know, these characters they go through things in life that all the rest of us go through, and I love the fact that this show, over eight seasons, has told us really compelling stories using humor, using drama, using uncomfortable issues, and you know. Say la vie. In a few episodes, Roxy, it'll all be over and you can sleep well no matter what. I mean, who knows? Julie could decide to give up that baby for adoption in the next episode. So do not do not despair, Roxy. I know. And of course, as I said, I think this season has been such a great season. Yes, of course, that's why we love the show. I just hate when, they, when I can tell. I don't like to be hit over the head with something. I like to make decisions for myself. And the more somebody argues one way the more I kind of back off and say, why are they trying so hard to make this point? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, listen, growing up in a Mormon family in Salt Lake City, you do not need to tell me about being hit over the head with a strong opinion because my uncles did plenty of that for me growing up. But look, we're out of time, so I can't tell you my whole life story. Roxy, I know you wanted to hear it. Even though you've got to go to Dancing with the Stars, you better run over to CBS and get there. Even though it airs on Fox, it tapes at CBS, just to clarify. Um... Have a great time tonight, Roxy. And everybody calling to Dancing with Stars, vote for Maria, teaming up, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's uh, it's eight hundred vote four zero one, correct? Yes, it is. Okay, vote for Derek and Maria. Roxy, have a fantastic time in the show. To all of our viewers, to Ronnie in the booth, to everyone out there who's made comments on our iTunes page, thank you for doing that. Please continue to do that. I'm Derek Shore, and uh, Desperate Housewives is off for the next few weeks, but we'll have a new episode April 29th, I believe, a few weeks from now. So have a safe, happy month, and we'll see you back here very soon. Take it easy. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, okr. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.